My name's Maya, and this week I love the OC because much like Summer Roberts' first remarks upon seeing Ryan Atwood, I'm going to play this show hot and cold. My name is Dan, and this week I love the OC because I love a man who goes sailing wearing a button-up. My name is Curbs, and this week I love the OC because there's nothing like a good 2003 party scene with the Black Eyed Peas playing. And I'm Mark, and this week I love the OC because welcome to the OC, bitch. I love the OC because not only is this arguably like I think it's hands down like the greatest TV show pilot ever. Yeah, it was, and arguably the greatest episode of TV ever. Like, can you imagine just like it's incredible trying to watch some baseball and you realize that the OC is on the time <laughs> slot that you thought baseball was on? You're just like, oh, I guess I'll give this a shot, and just getting your mind rocked, rocked. Yeah. and it definitely immediately pulls you in to the point where you're like, I will watch the next five episodes of this based on the pilot. Hey, Curbs. Hey, yeah. You got that sweet DVD uh, liner notes for me? Yeah. So, yeah, Curbs reads off of the OC season one DVD booklet for the one to five sentence synopses yeah, provided how- for each episode. And they're they're a trip, man. It's the- clearly written by Ben Schwartz. like Josh ben Schwartz, but I like <laughs> Ben Schwartz. Go uh, for it. All right. Episode one, pilot. Just a freeway's drive away, and yet worlds apart. Rejected by his parents after a brush with the law, Ryan Atwood moves temporarily into the pool house of his attorney's posh Newport Beach home and finds both friends and foes among the privileged OC youth. There's poetry to it. Oh, yeah. I I want get just a freeway apart, but worlds away, like, tattooed on my ribs. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just jump right in. This episode opens just amazing. It's so very good. Even the artistic style, like the colors in the way they're shooting it, the ways in which they're shooting it, the definition of the cameras that they're shooting it with in Chino versus the OC, it's such a good contrast. Super good. So cold in Chino. Oh yeah. It looks like the movie Crank. 100%. Which, again, we've talked about this. The person who directed this episode is the same person who directed like The Born Identity and like The Edge of Tomorrow, the Tom Cruise movie. Like he, he directs like all these very serious shaky cam type crazy thriller drama things. And then he directs the which is why it definitely has a different type of feel to it. So it starts off in Chino, which we know because there's a giant graffiti Chino uh, that opens us up uh, behind a car that is currently being stolen by um, our hero, Ryan Atwood, um, and his brother, Trey. Yeah, not only does it kick us right into a setting that is is labeled with the name of the setting, (laughs) Trey, like within five seconds of this show starting, says to Ryan, like, I'm your older brother. If I don't show you how to do this, who will? Or something. He just (laughs) smashes the window of this car. Yeah, shows him the secret technique to stealing cars. (laughs) Hit the window. (laughs) I mean, look, it was effective. To a point, I will also say, yeah, you don't do all of your actions throughout a day with a little bit of exposition dialogue. I feel like I do, right? It's like, yeah. 
Man, it's so good to open this fridge for the first time today. Like, just on the off chance something weird happens. A new day. I hope nothing bad happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> I hope nothing bad Yeah, you open, you, you answer the phone, and you go, Hi, Mom. How is it living, living in a different city from me? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just to say that. Um, so yeah, Ryan and his brother, uh, Trey, are approaching this car. Trey smashes the window um, and is teaching Ryan the ropes. Ryan, uh, as he's approaching the passenger side, sees a cop car pass and like a deer in literal headlights, freezes. Uh, you hear the cop car's brakes squeech and then the cop car comes backwards and Ryan immediately jumps in the car. The cars, the cop car lights up its lights and we have a chase. They, they drive uh, away, but this cop car already has reinforcements in the area because it's Chino. Do you want to know what my, what my theory is? Go. Of course Trey picked a trap car. Yeah. Wow. It yeah. was totally a trap car. Outside of exposition wall, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> That's where all the trap cars go. And so uh, they drive and are quickly uh, taken down by a vehicle, a police vehicle, literally right in front of another sign that says Chino Power Plant. And both Ryan and his brother Trey immediately look dejected, cut to the Chino, again, um, <laughs> JDC. We have Ryan going into the meeting area where he's going to be meeting his lawyer for the first time. And this scene is great. It's it's freaking amazing. It's magical. Uh, Ryan sits down across from Sandy Cohen and they start um, talking through uh, what his kind of options are a little bit. What I really love about this is just how immediately Sandy just starts dadding all over him. Oh, it's yeah. so good. Like, like <laughs> he just like looks at him and he goes, oh, this is my son. Yeah. <laughs> my son is in jail. See, and I'd like to imagine that he takes this approach with all of his clients because he uh, you know he's a public defender I'd like to imagine that a lot of his public defenses have been of underage people just for whatever reason and he like is used to like being like the person on their shoulder to be like hey you can do it we he, can get out of this he even like Sandy Cohen dadded him where he goes dude super weird ryan's like really sheepish he doesn't his body energy is really eh. and sandy is pestering him a lot he's like you got bad grades but great test scores 98 percent all da 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 and then ryan says that awful thing i love it it's you, the listen okay 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 that's okay <laughs> <laughs> It's definitely not, not a strong hate for me, but whenever he says it, I'm like, this is... This is the defense mechanism he has where, like, he's been prepping this line for his, you know, whole teenage years. He's been trying to... He, he just... He's just, like, ready to goodwill hunting somebody. Yeah, at any moment. At any I'm assuming, like, counselors have come to him with the same exact attitude, and he's done the same thing, you know, yeah, social so San workers. Sandy's like, Sandy's like, think about your future at all? Ever? And he's like, well, modern medicine is going to make it so the average lifespan is to 100. And I read an article that Social Security is going to write out in 2025, so... uh I'm not trying to commit to anything too soon. And it's just like, man. Yeah, we sure are 16. Yeah, wow. 100%. I mean, it is We're a good like line about, time. like, you know, the you know where I'm from. Like, having a dream doesn't make you, you know, smart. It's realizing it won't come true that does. Again, the camera work in this, this show is so good in this first episode because we immediately go outside uh, to his release where he is meeting up with his mom. And the shaky cam in this scene is so, like, found footage style, yeah. like, it yeah. feels like Josh Schwartz did it on like yeah. a cell phone. Like but high contrast. hundred percent. Super shaky. It's, it's like if it's like if Zack Snyder directed an episode of Friday Night Lights. Like actually. <laughs> oh, it, it, which it, should happen. 
Ryan's mom is so mad. Um, and Sandy's like, hey, here's my card. <laughs> like, I can tell you're going to need help later. And she's like mad at him still with exposition. She's like, you should just keep him like rot in the prison like your dad. dad. Yeah. <laughs> and your brother. And, and you know, and we've we're heard. Like, we're like two minutes into this show and we know everything we need to know. About their family. Ryan uh, goes back home and immediately upon entering his home seems to be kicked out. Like it doesn't take two seconds of him being in his home before his mother kicks him out. Yeah, she like immediately starts drinking. And she then, like pours herself a glass of vodka. And of, she's like, please go away. Of course there's an alcoholic guy with tattoos living in the house who <laughs> doesn't like Ryan. Yeah, AJ, AJ, yeah. Yeah, that AJ, the, the stepdad, is, well not stepdad. The mom's boyfriend. The mom's boyfriend. We all um, know what role he plays. Yeah, whatever he is in his life is just sitting there like staring at a TV making shitty comments. He's like, and, don't yell at your mother and he's like, your mother. You don't live here. <laughs> you don't like, even live here. He's like, why don't you free lo- load off of your own kid? And then he like immediately punches Ryan in the face and he smashes the table. This is like such a good opening sequence with the song. Oh. So as soon as Ryan enters his room to like grab his belongings, the song California by Phantom Planet just starts playing. And this is the one where like they actually have it play in its entirety. Mm-hmm. It is so good. It's super interesting because the theme is super iconic. And aside from title cards changing, like after this episode the opening sequence is the same every time it's usually just someone says something snarky and then it cuts to it and it and it's the it's, shot of it's a familiar sequence with, yeah like the helicopter shot of the the beach whatever ryan so, looking out of the car window yeah mm-hmm. and what's even cool about it is like think about how no other show does this like what other show plays you the entirety of a full song for its theme in the first episode and then like refers to it again so uh through this song we see kind of a montage of ryan trying to figure out his options because he because he's got nowhere he pay phones multiple friends just to let you know what age this is in ryan's Um, riding his tiny little bike that (laughs) kind of would it would be more effective if he was like riding a big wheel (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but it's the type of bike that lets you know that he hasn't gotten a new bike in many years. Like, this was his bike he got when he was 12, and it's been his bike since. And it has the pegs so that somebody could feasibly ride it. He's making all these calls, and no one is, like, either answering or they're saying he can't live there. And he's um, just and he's just in the worst place, which is, like, a strip mall that's also <laughs> on a busy street. Yeah, <laughs> with, with a string of payphones, two of which probably don't work. And he makes a call, and the next thing we see is Sandy Cohen driving up in a Beamer, and he's like, I told you, you could do worse. <laughs> Such a dad. And the music is still happening. And yeah, he, he gets in. And then, and then like, the song is still playing, and then we get into what feels a lot more like the normal credit sequence. Yeah. Where it's very it, bright colors. Yeah. Well, yeah, we, we cross the, the border of Chino into like the Orange County. And, yeah. And it, literally the contrast goes away. Yeah. And, it's it's like going from a Zack Snyder movie to like going into Toontown uh, <laughs> in New Friend Roger Rabbit. It's I, like it's like swiping a like an Instagram story filter. A hundred percent. Chino 100%. filter. Yep. OC filter. I, he says, uh, Beamer, you know, uh, uh, didn't know your type of lawyer made a lot of money. And Sandy does the, we don't. My wife does. <laughs> during the song still. The song is still going on. You know, the the, the song kind of continues and they go through the gates into their gated community um, and it kind of ends as they're kind of pulling up to the house. Um, I forget that they live in a gated community. They do. and and Because we don't it's really so ever, big that you don't ever see the gates. Yeah, because they never really need to leave because they just keep going to other people's houses <laughs> in this gated community. Well, Jimmy's right, right next door. Yeah. So, the, the song wears off 
and Ryan enters the home. Ryan doesn't enter the home. Ryan stays he has to wait in the car. Sandy's yeah, like, maybe point. I should tell my wife that I brought home a child. That's right. And so they stay <laughs> in the car. Sandy has this awkward moment where he's going to take the key with him. And Ryan's like, it's more fun to do with the key out of the car. Some bullshit. <laughs> how else will you break the window? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I learned. Yeah, I learned how to break cars. I didn't learn how to start it. My brother's way. <laughs> smashing the window. <laughs> I wouldn't know what to do if you left the I key I left my here. good tire iron back in um, So, yeah. Uh, Sandy goes in to explain uh, the situation to his wife, who is not happy. She's kind of like, absolutely not, is the first thing we hear. This is maybe the most most organic uh, character introduction in the entire entire pilot, where it's, he comes home, he goes, hi, honey. (laughs) 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 I have a child. (laughs) And she just immediately says, no. (laughs) You brought him home with you? Like, yeah, it's pretty interesting. She's sort of like a Skylar White. I might have mentioned this. Yeah, no, like no. she's like not pleased and yeah. not empathetic. And we've been <laughs> just watching this kid get pummeled by his stepdad. And so she comes off as like super harsh and strong, which always kind of rubs me the wrong way because like within three episodes, she is like fully Team Ryan. For but, sure. Yeah, it's a little. It's definitely wet blanket archetype. But even immediately, they kind of subvert it, right? Because they they're saying like she's like you know I'm, I can't have this kid and he. He's like, look, he's not a felon or, you know, he won't be when I'm done with him. And, you know, and, and you know, and, and look, you know, this is good. It's good. Like, it'll be great for him. And, and she's like getting mad at him for being so kind of self-righteous. And he's like, look, I've always been self-righteous. You used to find it charming. And and it's just this kind of nice, this nice scene for a second. And she goes away and, he, and he's like, where are you going? And she goes to put my jewelry away. And then in the vault, in, in the, the vault. vault. Yeah. And. He kind of looks at her for a second and she goes, where do you think I'm going? I'm going to get the fresh linens. You know, the boy's going to need some fresh sheets. And it's just that moment of like, oh, okay. So she's not like completely heartless. But for now, she's still like wary. And as we'll see, for good reason. Yeah. Uh, she is not necessarily proven wrong in this episode or in subsequent episodes. Much like Skylar White, when you take even the baby a step back and you realize this is a logical character. <laughs> so meanwhile, Ryan has since left the car and is now uh, walking down to the end of the driveway uh, with a pack of cigarettes, which, again, Curbs, remind me, isn't there like a weird fun fact about the smoking scene? Didn't Josh Schwartz like fight for him to have a cigarette? The network didn't want them to be smoking because they were teenagers and they were like, no, they have to, blah, blah, blah. So then it was like, okay, we'll do it. And then Sandy will be like, oh, can't do that anymore. Yeah. And then (laughs) they do cocaine later in the episode. Again, like, but, but specifically cigarettes. Um, so, so Ryan, Ryan walks out. He's wearing a great leather jacket. This scene is, I I would watch this. I've, I have watched this scene multiple times. It's so good. So he walks out and guess who's out there too. But the next door neighbor, Marissa Cooper. Girl next door. Who are you? Actually, they both put on cool voices, which yeah. I think yeah. is cool. Like, hey, who are you? And he it's goes, like, whoever you want me to be. Which is so, so stupid. So teen. It's such a good line. <laughs> when are you ever going to get a line like that organically? And never. But yeah. it's so good in the context. And it's you the know she thing. was loving it. Yeah. yeah. Like, her. if that was in real life, she'd be like, take my pants, please. <laughs> like, no, but it, and, and, and it's just this moment where both of them are trying to out-cool each other. Because she does like the can I bum a cigarette? And and he like hands her one and then she lights it off his again. That's the other fun fact is that was an improvisation. Ah, oh, it's such a good improv. And so these two teens are now sharing a, a cigarette and it's so beautiful. And it's, he, she does like the whole like, 
wait, no, who are you really? And he goes, seriously? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, God. He, he tries to be a bad boy. He's not very good stole at it. Stole a car. <laughs> he's like, yeah, stole a car, got crashed a car, got caught in the Sandy Cohen picked Sandy me up. Sandy Cohen. And then and, and and the just, whole time he's like, he's like walking towards her. And like, because he had taken like a dramatic step, step back right. after lighting yeah. the cigarette. Yeah, it's just um, like the kind of words you want to hear when a strange man is walking slowly towards you. Oh, absolutely. Well, it's the kind of words she needs to hear. Um, and so uh, the two of them uh, continue exchanging words. She's like, "Oh, you're the co- cousin from Boston, right?" And he goes, "Yeah, Boston." <laughs> Sandy comes out, and like in many scenes in this episode, Sandy will ruin the vibe. Um, and Sandy like, salts his game. Salts his game, Cohen. <laughs> And, and he, he kind of comes out and is like, hey, Marissa, this is Ryan. Have you met him? He's from, he's from Seattle or something. And Ryan, for, he has no reason to actually try and save this, but he does and says, mom's in Seattle, dad's in Boston. And it's very good. Like, it, it is so much smoother than anything he said to Marissa so far. <laughs> And we see Marissa being picked up immediately from a character that even based on how it's shot, we know we shouldn't like uh, in a giant kind of black GMC. Yeah. And the giant black GMC uh, rolls away and Ryan walks back up the 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 driveway with Sandy Cohen. (laughs) And a cigarette. And a cigarette, which not for long, because Sandy Cohen immediately is like, hey. The network doesn't want us to have cigarettes. <laughs> you got to put that and out. It's really cute. He's like, no smoking in the house. And Ryan throws the cigarette over and walks up. And then Sandy like walks up a little bit and then turns around and stamps it out. With his yeah, foot. he's like, they can't start on fire. It's very good. Hey, I just want to make a quick note uh, here for the uh, first Latina in the show. Uh, that goes to Rosa. Uh, Rosa's here and willing to uh, willing to do pretty much anything, apparently. The, every time this part happens, I like fucking laugh so hard because Kirsten's like, Hi, Ryan. Welcome to our home. If you need anything, here's Rosa. (laughs) She's like, she's like, after now, you're not allowed to address me directly. (laughs) Here's Rosa. And Rosa's it like pans to Rosa and she's like, I guess, I guess I can help you. No, it's very I work I work for the Coens and whatever strays they bring in. Yeah. Whatever spare teen. So Ryan, the spare teen, uh, goes to the pool house where he will be staying. I didn't realize how much crap is in this pool house until like today because it looks so different later because they've taken all the crap out. But there's like various like boxes and bags. There's two very terrifying mugs that you need to rewatch this episode to <laughs> see because I can't, I don't understand what they are and I don't understand why they are. And we cut to commercial. Surprise, it's the morning. And mornings at the Cohen's house means that somebody's having breakfast somewhere. When he kind of wakes up and he like takes in the scene and you see it all in daylight, you see like kind of how ridiculous this neighborhood it's, is. It's a hell of a shot when he... And the pools he, and the ocean and you're yeah, like... Yeah, he looks, he walks out of the pool house over to the infinity pool <laughs> and looks down onto the... His green, kingdom. The greenery going down to the ocean. It's, it's iconic. And then he goes in and sees the true wonder of this show. <laughs> Mr. God. Seth Cohen, who's like sitting. sitting like a like a crab his or something. His back's like a forty-five degree angle, and his head's just like. And he's like clutching. It's like he's somehow he's clutching the PlayStation Two controller like an N sixty-four controller. Oh yeah, which he, doesn't yeah. make sense. Ryan kind of is meeting his new sibling for the first time. Hey, 
<laughs> they pretty much immediately uh, start playing video games. Is this where he talks about Grand Theft Auto? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, where he's playing Grand Theft Auto and he goes, yeah, it's so cool because you get to, you know, steal cars or, I mean, it's cool but not, not cool or it is cool or whatever. And it's just very, it's very good beginning Seth Cohen where like he isn't really good at being him yet, but he's, he's it, you can tell there's the foundation yeah, for a great the... character later. Mm-hmm. Um, surprise, there's a fashion show tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Which leads us into uh, a series of crazy events in a row in the OC. And we'll talk about that in future episodes. But holy shit, are there so many uh, like events after events after events. In this events and then, and then teen-based after parties. 100%. And we Every get, day. We get a great Seth Cohen line, which is the, why do they need a fashion show? Every day is a fashion show for these people. Like, God. <laughs> immediately outsidering himself. What a catcher in the rye over here. <laughs> But yeah, they're, they, look, they gotta go. So we gotta get dressed. But they go sailing first. They go sailing first. So yeah, these, 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 these two, like, are the, the, what do you do for fun around here? And then immediate cut to, like, enjoyable sailing trip with the two of them. The, the one thing in this entire sh- in this entire episode that makes Orange County look like, oh, that would be so much fun. Yeah. Is the sailing. Yeah. That's the Seth Cohen side of it. And then it pans to Ryan. <laughs> ben McKenzie looks like he's going to throw up and then just give up and die. He does a boat. great job of looking like very uncomfortable and terrible. The both of them kind of have this, this nice sailing moment. Um, they enjoy their ocean sprays and they start talking about kind of like what it's like. And, and Seth is like, look, next year the trade winds head, head west and Marco Polo needs a silk and I'm going to go to Tahiti. And yeah, yeah. I'll fill my hold with exotic spices. <laughs> uh, and he's like, won't that be kind of lonely? And he's like, no, nah, I'll have summer with me. And the boat is, you can see very clearly called Summer Breeze. And immediately Ryan's like, the boat? <laughs> and, the boat is your friend. And Seth kind of laughs him off, but in, in retrospect, he shouldn't be, because he's just like, <laughs> I was talking about the girl that I haven't talked to yet named Summer. That I named my boat after. That I named my boat after. And Ryan's like, yeah, cool, man. Like, you let me know how that works out for you. Yeah, it, it's very cute. And they pull the, the sailing rig up and is this where they have the conversation i talked about earlier about the fashion show right the fashion yeah, sandy, show like, comes out to meet them sandy's just like at the beach yeah already like yeah. he's been waving them in but look none of none of ryan's uh clothes will do for this fashion show so. are you kidding me he brought one choker and a spare choker like, <laughs> yeah he's not prepared. Um, and so they are headed to get dressed and overlooking them like some sort of queen is Marissa Cooper. Throughout this entire episode, as much as Marissa becomes such a like infatuating character, she looks so bad. In terms of like hair, makeup, clothing, like she's wearing the lowest cut khaki capris <laughs> and like potentially a maternity tank top. Like, <laughs> like she looks she looks it's got so that awkward, old. like rounded cut, but it's too short, so your hip bones are her hip bones out, are everywhere. And, I mean, it was Absolutely perfect for the time. Sure, but but two thousand three was not great. Yeah, but it wasn't to the point where, like later on, she will be trend setting in the show. Totally, um, and it wasn't there yet. But hold up, knock I, knock. Who's there? 
The SEC is there, knock, knock, um, and they are looking for her father, who apparently has never been to this house. Because according to them, this is like the millionth time they've been knocking. Um, Marissa Cooper's like, Daddy ain't home. And they're like, will you give him this? Which I'm assuming is like the eighth card they've handed her. I'm assuming she has a box of them. Yeah, just like, yeah, box of them, but they're all ripped in half. And um, she goes into her dad's office and is like, that was them again. And her dad's like, everything's fine. (laughs) And she's like, she's like, okay, but, um... Is everything fine? He's like, well, yeah, the suits. And then she's like, okay, but I'm just asking you one more time. <laughs> everything good? Yeah, kiddo. Well. It's, it's totally cool to dodge the SEC, I, right? I love that Jimmy Cooper, played by Tate Donovan, Tate Donovan. Played by Tate Donovan. Big fan of the show. Enters this show in a way that really just just foretells. Yeah. He enters this show a coward and, thi- <laughs> and, and things will get worse. So... I believe the scene that we get at right after this is the scene in the, the pool house. Yes, it's where Ryan has tried on the suit. The suit actually fits him pretty well. He does have his choker on. We haven't mentioned the choker yet, but he does have a, a, a small, stringy leather choker around his neck. And Sandy Cohen comes in and is like, Hey, Vizia, where's your tie? And uh, <laughs> Ryan is like, uh, I'm going without the tie. Which, for the record... He could pull off. Sandy Cohen immediately sees through this and is like, look, I didn't know how to tie a tie until I was 25. So I'm going to help you out. Let me, let me do this. This scene is like precious. Then he's like, so what do you think about Seth? And Ryan just goes, oh, he's cool. And you can see the amount of proud dad on Sandy's face leaking through your TV or computer screen. It's an, it's just so good. Yeah, he, he's always kind of nervous about asking that question. He's sort of like, yeah, he's cool. And he's, you know, yeah. he's like, yeah, he's a weird kid, but... Uh. I'm going to ask this street tough what he thinks about my nerd son. <laughs> <laughs> And look, he gets the thumbs up. So there you go. And he kind of turns him around, dusts, or, you know, turns him around so you can see, tusts them off a little bit and then does the pizza jumpsuit. Jump cut to the, the Cooper household where Caitlin and uh, Julie Cooper are getting ready in front Julie of a mirror together. Great. I mean, it's the first time we see Julie and it, it's, it's she quite sticks an the landing, if you she, know what I mean. She's she's immediately set up to be Julie Cooper. It's very good. She's also immediately being a bit Oh yeah. She comes in hard and fast talking some serious shit, shit. about her own daughter. <laughs> yeah, yeah Marissa comes in, she's like, Oh, huh. Oh yeah, I thought you were going with the Chanel or whatever the fuck. Yeah. And who cares? She she's saying, like, I, I thought you were gonna wear your hair down because Oh yeah, I was gonna wear your hair down. Because if you were if you wear when you wear your hair up, it doesn't flatter the angles on your face. <laughs> and Marissa's just like, I'm gonna I'm gonna get addicted to drugs later because of you. Like that's like the vibe we get. The one thing Julie could comment on that she didn't is Marissa's outfit sucks. <laughs> She's wearing a bad dress. It's like a is this the black one? Black and like pink asymmetrical. asymmetrical jersey thing. Things will get slightly better at the fashion show. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's true. And speaking of, we enter the the backyard or whatever area this is, the the hosting area of this random house we're at. And things are popping. We're at the fashion show. Everyone's dressed up. It's overwhelming. Um, there's a a waiter that comes up, this sassy waiter who apparently is a part of the only catering company in town. It's the only catering company that's already inside the gated community. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably just like the most expensive one. Yeah. So they're just go with them every year. And he offers Ryan just an assortment of things Ryan has never heard of before. And Ryan is like, eh. and the, the waiter's expression when he goes is like, huh. <laughs> 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 it's such a, it felt like a blooper. Like it felt like the waiter was supposed 
supposed to say something or Ryan was supposed to say something. No one says anything and then the scene just goes on. Yeah, the waiter is a part of a sketch comedy troupe <laughs> and he got his like one second of fame and was just like, huh, and then he leaves. Does, he was on Parks and Rec. Marshall well, Langman's husband. That makes sense. That makes so much sense. Um, but also with frosted tips. because And then as... Because 2003. 2003, <laughs> 2003. And as they walk down the steps, Seth Cohen turns to Ryan and says, Welcome to the dark side. Take note of that line. It will come back to haunt you. So uh, they immediately we get all of these people that are mingling with Ryan. Are you the cousin from Boston? Are you the cousin from New York? Are you the cousin from Alaska? Are you the cousin from... Did I hear you're from Canada? Yes, you did. <laughs> he's surprisingly good at mingling. With yeah, you know he's he's very charming, but he's doing it in the way of like by saying nothing, he's saying a lot, you know, or like people are having a conversation that's very one sided, and he's just like nodding and like smiling back at them, um, and he's doing a great job. It's strange. That, I mean, I think we're all on the same page here. Very strange that he's at this event, considering there is nothing like it was stated that this is not a long term solution at all. They are literally dropping him at Child Protective Services on Monday when the office opens. Which makes me think that these types of events are so like commonplace that they don't even think about the fact that this is traumatizing. You know what I mean? Yeah. The fact that they're dropping a kid who. 24 hours ago was in prison. Yeah. Was it also like, we don't want to leave you alone in the house? So it's you probably, have to come. I mean, probably, but like, it, case in point, the fact that it's not exactly the safest environment, the next shot we get is of Ryan at the bar ordering a seven and seven. Kirsten's like, Houston immediately shows up. It's like she had like a uh, like a, a sensor on him where if he got three feet within uh, it's, the bar, it's sonar. He he gets a he gets one sip in, it's and sonar. then and then echolocation. She's going ah ah, and like her the right bounces. Houston is a bat. Did she, you not know that? She kind of is. She shows up a lot, but yes, you can tell immediately. He orders a seven seven. Because that's what his mom drinks. Yeah. He doesn't know any other drinks. Gets one sip in, and then she is just there. She's like, I'm going to take that. And then he's like, there you go. And she's like, thank you. Like, it's like this awkward parenting but, thing. But the, she also, like, manages to get in, like, like my husband thinks. She says, I hope my husband was right about you. Yeah. Which is, wow, that's that's passive aggressive. <laughs> it's passive aggressive, but it's also a lot of pressure, right? Yeah. So, uh, Seth is enjoying himself at this party. Seth uh, says, hey, Luke. Luke says, hey, suck it, queer. <laughs> and he, there's a moment where you're led to believe that Luke could be friendly. Because he says, hey, and then walks over to him and then just says, suck it, queer. And then walks away and you're like, oh, I hate this guy. He's you know, like, even for 2003, that you knew that it was, like, code for, like, fuck this guy and his attitude. I hate this. And I think we talk about this every time Luke says a homophobic slur. Which is Frequent Which is frequently, enough. but I do find it really funny that since 2003, like queer's been reclaimed. queer's been reclaimed, and now that's like a cool thing to call yeah. someone. Yeah, that's so you're like, uh, guess what? Seth and Ryan are now at this party together for once, right? He is a sidekick, so he finally has someone to talk to. And they look over, and who do they see? Summer and Marissa. This is maybe my favorite dynamic that's going to recur throughout this series is the two of them are at a party they don't want to be at, but it's okay because the two girls that they're into are also there. Summer goes, who is that? No, Summer's, she, don't get me wrong, she's on the prowl. Oh, 100%. She sees Ryan from a mile away and is like, who's that? And Marissa's like, I don't know, cousin from Boston? I don't know. And she's like, mmm. Like, Summer's like, I'm gonna get me some. Meanwhile, the boys are just staring right back and, and Seth's like, yeah, that's Summer. And he's like, oh, don't, don't look. Don't make it look like you're looking. Look. Yeah. And, and uh, Sandy immediately comes into the picture and points. 
hey, is that summer? And it's just great. Seth Cohen like runs away and and uh, Ryan takes a swig of his drink and then says, way to salt his game, Mr. Cohen. <laughs> so good. So good. So good. There's a full-on fashion show happening episode one. Have we talked about we don't know any of these characters really, and suddenly we like one of them is hosting a benefit. Yeah, and yeah. we're just like, okay, all right. It's just we're right there. We we see the presentation on the stage, and then we cut to backstage where it's fucking madness, mm-hmm. and like there's there's like a whole dressing room where all like bright lights and people are getting ready. I like that doing that, makeup. There's, that mom that's like, um, hi to like the clearly who the director is or whatever. He's like, um, my daughter's wearing Calvin Klein. And she said she would be wearing Vera Wang, and the and the director is like, well, if your daughter wasn't so goddamn ugly, maybe I would put her in some Vera Wang. I think she's yeah. like, if she had the chest to hold it up, yeah, she could wear. <laughs> There's some a Vera. lot of unintentional comedy in this scene too, where it's like the like, I, I will go back to this one a many 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 times, but Marissa when she's talking about the show before it starts is like, it's such a great cause, it's you guys. Such a great cause the battered women's shelter it's such a great cause you guys like in a voice that i could never take seriously <laughs> like um it's not even her the, voice yeah it's it, it sounds yeah it sounds like it's a voiceover it's just like so cause you guys they're all getting ready in the dressing room but for whatever reason marissa cooper is getting ready in the bathroom by herself it, is that like her office? It, she, I don't understand. She's queen B. She, she is the queen. She, she gets needs, the privacy. She needs some space. She needs the full bathroom for all of the booze that they brought. Like it's literally like like Summer walks in and is like like what I brought, and it's like small amount of alcohol. And versus like look what I brought, and it's like two magnums of vodka, and it's like <laughs> what is happening? Listen, sometimes you bring a bottle of vodka in your purse to things. Okay? Yeah, but a giant. Like it's she so brought like big. like quite possibly could be defined as a keg. Yeah, it's a one seven five, and she's just like whoa. <laughs> I did that once. I brought, did I bought, you, I bought a bottle of vodka in my purse to a wedding. Curves hero, I get it, but it's pretty great. So she's getting ready. They're talking about the after party. It's great. Um, and Marissa, you're up. And Marissa's about to go off. And when Marissa walks down the stage, it's just so great because we see her walking. We get all these shots of all like the kind of important players in, in the in the room. Ryan and uh, Seth are sitting at the children's table next to a group of children who will literally never get play ever again, including but not limited to Caitlin and the dorky ginger boy who they sit down next to, who he gives what clarinet lessons to. I forget what uh, sailing lessons. sailing lessons to. <laughs> it's some. <laughs> <laughs> Nerdy Ginger Boy probably also plays clarinet. But they all sit down uh, at the, that table, but they're all staring at Marissa as she walks down. Um, and Ryan is deaf staring. And uh, Luke, Marissa's boyfriend, is also staring, but not at Marissa. He's staring at Ryan, staring at Marissa. Well, because Marissa like, gets to the end of the runway and looks at Ryan. She double looks at yeah, Ryan. Like, she glances at him and then gives him like a, hmm. Yes, like, it's like, yeah. what is happening? And Luke's like... like that's Again, a lot. Just, just wondering, who is this guy? Yeah, you yeah. can, you can't hear, but you can see Luke like point to, or, like, like tap the guy next to him. He's like, "Hey, does anyone know who this guy is?" Just that just made know. eyes at that, my girlfriend. That my girlfriend just kind of eye fucked. Like, what is happening? I believe this is where Jimmy Cooper gets confronted uh, during this fashion show line. Not, not confronted. Confronted. The people he's sitting. At it's the an, table it's an with. unfortunate joke. Got it. Uh, make some jokes about how they're all rich because Jimmy Cooper is handling their money. And Jimmy Cooper's like, <laughs> literally, his face is like, uh. and yeah, there's one where this guy's like, I'll just let you know, Jimmy, I plan on uh, dying a rich man. And Jimmy's like, I need to get out of here right now. I need to leave. Yeah. I need to go to the bathroom. 
and break the toilet paper holder. It's so good. Uh, Jimmy Cooper is like crying in the bathroom, breaking, and, and he breaks the toilet paper by, holder. By like, like putting. By touching it. Yeah, yeah. He didn't even like, he, this isn't destructive. He's not. He's he didn't not, hit anything. Yeah, he, he he's just. He's not he, a destructive crier. He's just very emotional. He was just sort of like leaning on the walls and then puts like the slightest amount of weight on the toilet paper. And it, it looks like it was supposed to come off. Like that's the function it's, of the product. And as he runs out, Caitlin is the, or Caitlin, uh, Kirsten is the only one who actually seems to like understand that this is a bad runoff. Like yeah. he runs off like, he, I need to leave. And she's like, something's wrong here. Right? He's probably not doing cocaine. <laughs> yeah, like everyone else. Yeah, and Ryan is actually in the bathroom with him, right? Yeah, like, Ryan, Ryan like, in front of the well, mirror, like, like yeah, straightening yeah, up? And, he's like in there, and Jimmy goes into the sock, and he can just, like, hear yeah. the sobbing. <laughs> sobbing. Open up I think there's sobbing. a shot of Ryan, and you just hear the <laughs> like, Although, there's no sense weeping. that, like, Ryan doesn't know that this is Marissa's dad. It's just sort of this thing where he's he's just sort of observing everything. Yeah, he's taking in all these. He's taking in notes. We get a a lovely moment where Summer, who is in full predatory mode, uh, invites Ryan to the party. Holly's party. Holly's party, because everything happens at Holly's house. And Ryan, um, and she's like, "Look, you know, like we have space for you if you decide to come." And Ryan immediately goes over to Seth and is like, "Hey, we got to go to this party that I just (laughs) heard about. I know I've known these people for two seconds but i know this is where we need to be so that's like are you sure man we can just like you know go home it's totally fine and she's like he tells his first lie which is like she asked for you specifically and he's like really and then summer waves at like both of them and that's like well all right then let's go to this party (laughs) like it's really sweet how he lies to seth yeah and seth does the that makes absolutely no sense but we absolutely should (laughs) Do you think that Ryan would want to go to this party otherwise? I'm ge- I'm getting the feeling that he he did. I think he's curious. I think if yes. nothing else. I think it seems better than the fashion show. And I don't know that he's ever had enough boundaries to know how to like properly play it safe. Sure. Like I think he's like, oh, there's this thing happening after this thing. This is what I am going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, up until this point, he's been a follower. Like that's what we've seen. Mm-hmm. So, welcome to the dark side, part two. They enter the party. Ryan turns to Seth. Welcome to the dark side. Because this is Ryan's home. There's people drinking, and there's bongs, and there's cocaine. There's everything at there's this party. There's a big old hookah. So big old hookah. Happening. There's so much the happening. Black-eyed peas are playing. Every different color of Solo Cup available was available yeah. in this scene. Is it Let's Get It Started? No. No. It's, uh... Hands up. Hands up. Yep. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah. It's just one of many reasons why this party looks like it's an absolute hell. Yeah, this party would be my fucking, like, I would have no idea what to do here. Yeah, people are, like, having sex. On the couch. And it's too well lit. The, the party, yeah. so every light well is, lit. all the floodlights yeah. are on. Holly went to fucking Ace Hardware before this party and replaced all the floodlights that weren't working to their maximum capacity. Like, it's it's the, it's a fucked up combination of classy and trashy because they, they've got a keg that doesn't have like the thing on the end of the hose that you use to fill it. It's got an actual tap on it, which is insane. Yeah. But also there's a bunch of dudes wearing drug rugs sitting on the couch all around the hookah, totally catatonic. Yeah. yeah. Marissa, this is our first scene where we get Marissa drinking by herself again. So everyone is getting a proper amount of drunk. Marissa just keeps adding more booze to the things that already have booze in them. She keeps on putting chugs of like pulls of vodka into her glass when no one is looking. It literally, the vodka bottle says foreshadowing on it as she pours it into her <laughs> cup. 
we get a lovely uh, shot of a of a sparky little blonde girl hitting on Luke. Like, hey, Luke, Marissa's not here, except for she kind of is. But like, Marissa's not here. You should hook up with me. And Luke's like, well, okay, sounds so isn't good. It, isn't the way it goes down actually like, man, the beach is. You know, when the beach hits the waves, nice to look at. Do you want to go look at it? Like, it's like, and she's like, what about Marissa? She's not in my direct line of sight, so we're good. But you're here, and Ryan sees this, but again, he's just taking notes for later. <laughs> like, yeah. all of everything so he's, far. Is just he's got studying. a big old manila folder of receipts that he's going to pull out for tax day. <laughs> <laughs> We get a lovely shot of now Jimmy Cooper um, and Kirsten. Walking the Cooper's dog, Dustin, who's a great little golden that we see maybe twice. 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 Dustin has never walked again, nor is he seen in the home. Where does he go? (laughs) Rose is watching him. Um, But yeah, they... they, Rosa would treat him well. Rosa would treat him well. But these two people, right, uh, we start to get a sense of their history, right? Kirsten and Jimmy, they've known each other for a while. Jimmy Cooper gives the line, did you ever think this would be our lives? And Um, he says it in a way where you know that... And he says that every conversation they have. Yeah, where he says that when he looks at pictures of her. Uh, it, it's it's really a good setup for like their kind of type of interaction. She's like, really, are you okay? And then the, the record goes, and Julie Cooper <laughs> yelps from the door. In a beautifully uh, velveteen, I don't know what kind of suede. Velour, velour, velour tracksuit. Velour like tracksuit. Magenta, right? It's like a deep magenta. It's a juicy. It's a juicy. One. Yeah, <laughs> that was is, the pinnacle. That It is year. a juicy, juicy suit. Juicy yeah. couture. Uh, she's like, hey, Jimmy, did you get my fro-yo? And he's like, oh. You can literally hear him say, fuck my life. And then, and then she's like, pistachio hug. Well, well first, first he's like, I forgot. And then she, the, the, the camera's had, still on Jimmy, but you can see her in the background, like hand on hip, like, okay. Well, you're going to go get it. <laughs> like, he's, like, he's like, I'll go get some. She's like, pistachio. It's very, and, very funny. And then Jimmy turns to Kirsten and gives her like the most ineffectual, like half smile, like, this is my life. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, you know what? Seth Cohen needs to use the restroom. So Seth Cohen, like any smart adult, opens the door to the restroom. And in the restroom uh, of this party, a threesome is happening, which Seth Cohen gives the line, I should really knock in case there's a threesome happening in the bathroom, which is just fantastic. And it's very good. I mean, he's right. He should knock. He, I mean, yeah, but also they should lock a door if there's a threesome happening. Yeah. Or at least have somebody's feet at, blocking at the door. At Holly's parties? No way. Holly's <laughs> parties? You, you know what? You lock a door, you're you're cutting off the opportunity for a foursome. Sure. <laughs> or maybe it's like, maybe they're practicing like safe sex where like, you know, all doors are unlocked at all times. So anyone can view anything that's happening. So, so like keeping the door unlocked is like a metaphor for safe sex. Safe orgies. <laughs> uh, Spin-off series. Orgy lifeguard. <laughs> Seth has that experience. Meanwhile, Ryan's at the party and Marissa walks over to him and is like, so what do you think? And he gives the great line, I think I could get in less trouble where I'm from. (laughs) Which again, knowing his history is saying something. And she gives the extremely good and smooth line, you have no idea. I watched several promos for this episode on YouTube and that line was in like every single really? one of them. Really? I think she great. does it, you know, like Misha Barton, not a good actress. No. Um, but the way she does that line is like perfect. Yeah. Like, Summer walks over to Ryan. 
<laughs> Look, she's licking her lips. She's ready. Yeah, she's she like, wants. She wants to get with Ryan, which is actually Ryan. really interesting because, like, uh, well, Seth and Summer obviously become super iconic in their relationship in the show. Um, at this point, you would have no like. She's gunning for Ryan, and yeah. that that pretty much goes out of the window plot wise. Which I'm glad because if the show turned into like Summer and Marissa fighting over Ryan, that would be really boring. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Um, Seth pining in the background. For yeah, Summer. and they let us have one more shot where she's still kind of in him even though she he's from chino mm-hmm. um in a subsequent episode but for now it's pretty much assumed if this was your one ep- episode of the show you'd pretty much assume this is this show is about summer trying to get ryan because summer is drinking um very kind of under the influence and walks over to ryan and is like hey <laughs> hi you're so hi. hot and then spills something on spills, him oh, oh no i spilled so i better sorry. clean it off with my full palms um <laughs> And Might knock, as well just take your shirt off. Knock, knock, who's there at the sliding door? Seth Cohen, who immediately <laughs> just screams, I named my boat after her. <laughs> Why don't you just go back to Chino? I'm sure there's a car you can steal Who outside. even are you? That was a great summer line. But yeah, I'm sure there's a car you can steal. Uh, and it just immediately outs Ryan as being an outsider, right? It's just, it's so shitty. Mm-hmm. But again, because Ryan's been like Seth never gets drunk, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number two, Seth's whole life is crashing down in front of him, which again is not much of a life, but it's crashing. I understand why Seth did it. This he doesn't have any special allegiance towards this Ryan guy. Yeah, like at all. They met that morning. They met that morning, and he's already at two parties with him. What is this house? Twenty-four hours. Oh, man. So, uh, cuts a commercial, and when we come back, Seth Cohen is drunk and is angry and is on the beach kicking sand. And I mean, they, As they, one does. Yeah, they sort of tussled a little bit, but it was kind of just, like, shoving and yelling. Yeah. Not but, really a fight. Yeah, that was not a fight. But what is a fight is uh, what's about to happen where the beach toughs led by Luke's... <laughs> Luke, the human puka shell. Luke, uh, puka and the suck it queers. <laughs> suck my puka. <laughs> Luke, suck my puka, whatever the <laughs> fuck that guy's last name is. Ward. Uh, Ward walks over and immediately these guys start like top tussling with uh, Seth. And Seth does the whole, you guys wouldn't hurt me because that'd be so cliche. <laughs> Um, Seth calling it like he sees it. Calling it like we sees it. So yeah, yeah, if if, if Kirsten has a sonar for uh, Ryan approaching bars, Ryan has fucking beautiful, like, night vision goggles for seeing trouble because immediately it's the choker it's the choker yeah the choker gives him special (laughs) it's like an invisible fence it's an invisible yeah it's the opposite it's a (laughs) magnet that pulls him towards trouble (laughs) (laughs) and immediately he sees this from like inside the house sees Seth being pushed and is like this will not stand new brother of mine runs to the beach and immediately inserts himself into this situation where again they immediately start to fight. And while Ryan is kind of being held by other guys, Luke gets a lovely, beautiful punch in on Ryan. A couple of them, actually. And then gives him the old, welcome to the OC, bitch. It's very good. Not the best, like, most lovable character in no, the show. No, but what a fucking line. So iconic. And He's so good. This was another thing that I remember being in the promos, yeah. too. And that's actually, like, one of the things that got me to watch the show. <laughs> was because there's just something about the sentence, welcome to the OC, bitch. 
that is just like so be- sonically beautiful. It immediately tells you everything you need to know about the show. And then also, having said a perfect thing, it's it's still Luke. So he then follows it up with, this is how we do. Yeah, this is how it's done in Orange County. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't take away from the fact that the mum before was perfect, but it does shade it a bit. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's it was an unnecessary addition yeah. to a perfect line. He flew too close to the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Seth gets in the mix too. Oh, 100%. He tries. Seth absolutely tries and mm-hmm. he fails. But it's he tries. the first, obviously, the first fight he's ever been a part of. He um, pulls a guy off of Ryan and then and then <laughs> has this moment where he's looking at the guy that he just pulled off Ryan and doesn't know what the I next step is because he hadn't do. planned ahead and then gets decked. Yeah, he absolutely gets fucking decked. So the two of them are, are kind of licking their wounds a little bit at night. Um, together and I think they're entering the pool house kind of collapsing um, yeah. Ryan 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 is just as beat up as Seth but Ryan is carrying Seth into the room and Seth is already recounting this fight and he does the you know a little bit of practice you and I a little bit of that like it's already like <laughs> the really two cute. of them it, it's great it's fantastic it's, he's been activated and and uh, Seth gives the line as he's passing out because again Seth also usually isn't drunk not gonna forget that one and like passes out and it's literally the cutest thing. It's yeah. it's so adorable that this boy who's been beat to shit by a guy who called him a queer is saying that, that he's not going to forget it. Like this was one of the best memories he's ever made. And it's perfect because it gives you that moment where Ryan starts to realize like, oh no, like I'm already this guy's brother. Like, yeah. even though I'm gone tomorrow, basically, mm-hmm. I'm this kid's brother. My, my next question was, why didn't they bring Marissa home with them? But not for them, but for the girls who yeah. are dropping Marissa off at her home. Uh, the, Drop, dropping her off. Literally. Yeah. Literally outside literally. of her home on the ground. Yeah. And they give a really half-assed, like... <laughs> attempt to like find her keys so they could drag her inside the foyer potentially they and then they're like and then just close it again <laughs> these three girls are dropping marissa's dead body basically off at this home again why didn't they bring her home with them has she never slept over at summers before has she never slept over at holly's before has she never slept over anywhere before is this the normal plan do they do this every weekend where they it's- all get drunk drunk drive home and drop everybody home off one at a time on the porch exactly and this is very much like the Tarzan finds Jane is what I wrote, where yeah. it's like, because because Ryan is watching this whole thing unfold from the balcony because he's probably smoking again. Who knows? Because he's got a pack left and he's you know going to smoke each last of them. But he's watching this whole thing unfold from a balcony and realizes that she's just going to be laying there. Somebody needs to do something. So he walks down and picks her up and it's just like again. And it's that song. <laughs> so that and it sounds just, like the Bloodline theme song. Uh, it's so beautiful and. Ryan is so lucky no one saw him do any of this. Yeah. Yeah. Because she is a, a, a drunk, passed out girl. He is boy. He grabs her and and doesn't knock on the door to be like daughter or doesn't like try to see if the door is unlocked to like bring her in or whatever. I feel like at one point he checks her purse and I'm like, that'd be the worst. Like you're standing over sure, yes, absolutely. her purse. If he was a person of color, he'd be shot by a cop by now. Yes. But like what happens next is he, he, he brings her off into the night. He does. <laughs> he brings her off into his room. Not just like the Cohen's couch. He brings her into his room and lies her in his bed. Bed. Like, what the hell is happening? A here? lot happens. Oh man! <laughs> so uh, Ryan is very lucky, and again, and then like fade out <laughs> on the pool house as the lights go off. The morning is here, 
And Ryan is kind of half awake and looks over and Marissa's already gone. Which is disturbing. Yeah. Because <laughs> she should be still oh, asleep. Down for the fucking couch. Yeah, still asleep and more hungover than anyone has ever been. She hungover. got a second wind at 4 a.m. and started drinking again. <laughs> <laughs> but, but knock, knock, who's there? Kirsten Cohen. Also, not a knock because as we find out in this, this show, no one knocks on the pool house ever. But nope. she bursts in and it's just like, oh, thank God, <laughs> you boy. What the fuck is happening? And she's just yelling, and <laughs> she's it, really mad. And Seth, Seth is like, uh, like, like a baby dinosaur opening his eyes for the first time, like, <laughs> and also imme- immediately admits he was super drunk. And is I think I'm still drunk. You know, he's like, "What happened, to you guys? Uh, it was we were a fight. <laughs> you were in a fight. Uh, we were drunk. Still a little bit drunk. And it's." Fucking amazing because she grabs him and drags him off. And as he's leaving, he goes, later. <laughs> so Bye. fucking great. Does he actually like toss up the peace Yeah, he side? tosses up <laughs> half a peace sign and goes, later. So Houston is in- enraged, which is why she's waiting on the uh, the back stoop for her husband to bring in bring in the old surfboard from a, a lovely day of surfing. He comes in and is like, man, you should have seen the waves out there. It was gnarly. It was great. It was kicking it. And she's like, Seth got into a fight and it's just immediately and he's like uh, uh. and she's like Seth was drunk and he's like uh. and he's like don't salt his game honey parallelism <laughs> and she's like what does that even mean he's like I don't know but it, it makes sense in the context they they start kind of having another fight right another discussion about this and this is where like again it, it's one of those where where I think when I was younger, I took Sandy's side immediately. But now that I'm older, I'm like, man, Kirsten's completely right. Like, she does the whole, like, I get it. Like, I get why, like, he needs support system. But, like, he has a family. And she gives him the line, it's not up to you to decide if they're good enough. Mm -hmm. Which is such a good line. Yeah. Because it's real. She's not wrong. It's not necessarily his place to, like, take in every child who has a bad home, right? Or, like, a home that he would consider bad. Um, And part of it is that she hasn't seen firsthand what his home looks like or his parents looks like or, you know, the fact that his mom drove drunk to pick him up. Like, but she's, in theory, very much on the right side here. But while they're having this conversation, good old Ryan cooking breakfast. Because he's already figured out one thing, and that's that the Coens need breakfast. <laughs> it's the most important <laughs> meal the of the day. It's the glue that holds that family together. It's a power move. And immediately, <laughs> Kirsten's like, you're not coming back. And he's like, I know, I just made breakfast. I do it all the time. <laughs> and, and we look at the table, full breakfast. Yeah. It's so good. It, it, it's also like, it's the rarest of things. It's it's a power move that also makes you look like just a sad, sad puppy. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. I know, I know, I understand that you have to kick me out. I made you breakfast. I don't know what you're thinking about, but consider eggs. <laughs> so uh, Ryan is leaving and Ryan goes into Seth's room um, to say goodbye. And hungover Seth is just fantastic. Um, this is maybe my favorite scene in the entire episode. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very cute. And it's one of those like, you know, going back home and he's like, cool or, or not cool or whatever. And, uh, you know, maybe you'll have to show me Chino sometime. Like... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, honey. Like, he gives him a little map. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The little, the little, is it like a, an atlas? It's like a map of Tahiti, right? Yeah. 
Or, yeah, something like that. And, yeah. and he, he says, like, look at it and figure out where you want to go. Where you want to go. And then Ryan is looking down at it and then smacks. <laughs> <laughs> Smacks his hungover friend in the face with it, <laughs> which is beautiful. And um, Seth and Seth just goes ah and just laughs. Once again, we get some fantastic uh, music as Ryan enters the the car. Again, it, it's very much one of those like parallel to like exactly how he came is how he left. Right? It is in a beamer. Of, the dawn of a new day. You know, before it was the dusk, he packs up his bike and there at the end of the driveway, knowing probably what happened and speaking not a word. Uh, is once again Marissa Cooper. And it's just such a good shot of Marissa Mm -hmm. because it's one of those where it's like perfectly centered. And as they're driving away, Ryan is looking backwards and it's Mm -hmm. like she's framed within like the window of his car Mm -hmm. and like just beautifully, perfectly like a curtain. Luke's like giant black vehicle, (laughs) GMC, drives right into the middle of the shot and she's like gone forever, Mm -hmm. right? And it's just so fucking perfect. And they drive all the way back to Chino uh, with much sadder music this time. And we get once again that lovely kind of grainy shot entering, you know, he's going home and- Crank view. Sandy's like, hey, do you need uh, any assistance in getting back into your home? And Ryan is like, no, I got it from here. Grabs his things and enters the home. There's nothing in it. Well, there's one thing in it, and that's a note. And I fucking love that they don't let you know what the, um, what's on the note. Yeah. It's very perfect, though. It's like, you here's, here's a note explaining why everything is gone and explaining probably a lot of things that we would want to know, but they don't let us have it. It's an intimate moment for him. And immediately the door opens up. Sandy has figured out that something was wrong. Because, the, again, as Ryan approaches the door, he even kind of figures it out. There's some stuff on the front stoop that normally isn't there, and he kind of enters it in, and it's completely empty. Sandy Cohen comes in and is like... Come on, let's go. Come on, let's go. And I wrote in giant letters, Sandy Cohen, be my dad. <laughs> Sandy Cohen, be my dad. Yeah. Just be my dad, Sandy Cohen. Yeah. And then... Oh, so good. The first... So beautiful. It's fantastic. So let's introduce a couple of key concepts here. You ready? I'm so ready. So... Title belt? Oh, yeah. Much like all of us, all of us at this table, really competitively driven athletic types... Um, we need we need to award one character each episode for being the most important most significant and it's it's uh, intentionally vague in that it could be in terms of how much they throw their weight around there Mm -hmm. are like episodes later where julie cooper is just not the main character but she is elbows out there's episodes where julie cooper isn't in it where she throws her elbow totally Uh, it it could also be um you know there are there are seth episodes where he's just funny the whole time Seth and all over the place Seth and all over the place that's a that's a way to get it sometimes it's not even like you don't even need to be around the whole thing you can you can have a couple of quick lines like you were saying about Julie Cooper but you can just have a couple of lines where you're like oh damn like right that person hit it so we call this the title belt sort absolutely. of in like a in like a wrestling absolutely yes I like to imagine it's a physical belt we send to the person each week yeah, yeah. and then forcibly take away <laughs> forcibly yeah, we take don't away have the can you mail this back <laughs> yeah so um, we've, we've included the return post when we watch the show, we all kind of throw people in our brains that we think could win. Um, and then we just have a very quick conversation about who we believe won the belt this week. I think there's a couple of great arguments here. Mm-hmm. Um, what what did you have down, guys? Like, I feel like the obvious one to throw out there is Ryan, because this is like... His story. He is the, the conduit for us to see all of this. I think it's either going to be Ryan or Marissa or Dustin, the golden retriever. <laughs> he does do a lot with that I, scene. I have a third one that I'd like to submit. 
Sandy Cohen. No. Is it Sandy? Kirsten. No. Jimmy. No. The waiter. No. Oh, I love it. The waiter. It's, <laughs> Luke. It's Luke. He's Let me hear it. so good. Here's the thing. I get it. He's not your classic champion because we don't like He's him. He's the heel. He is the heel. And he heals so well in this episode. Right. He's healing all over the place. He's healing when he isn't even in the episode. For example, why didn't he drive Marissa home? You know what I mean? Like, why didn't Marissa <laughs> wow. stay at his place? Like, he he literally gives us the thesis of the entire series, which is this welcome to the OC bitch moment of like, oh yeah, you don't belong here. He is the person who has, like, has the most to lose, right? By something in this system getting fucked up. Because as it stands right now, him and his gang of Puka shells are running this head. <laughs> Puka shell pirates. No, I, I actually like that. I like that a lot. It's it's like Ryan is a disease that's that's entered this, and Luke He's the is white the blood cell. Yeah, Luke is the immune and it's, system. It's also I like that. It's also in a very indirect way. There's very little conflict, like teen drama conflict, without Luke's presence. Oh yeah. You know, Marissa would be available. Ryan would ask her out. No one would get punched. There would be no suck at queers. No. Do you feel that his presence was enough? I feel like the few lines that we got out of him were so significant that he's again an unlikely. Again, I'm saying he's an unlikely champion. Like Sandy Cohen absolutely could have gotten it. There are multiple times where it feels like Sandy Cohen is kind of white knighting a little bit where it's like, right. like, you know, we need to do the right thing. And because you don't agree with me, wife, you're the bad guy. And it's like, mm-hmm. eh. Ryan is the only other person I would consider giving it to. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we really wanted to, we could, but man, it, it's one of those, like you're saying, Luke's the white blood cell. And we're going to see this in subsequent episodes where like, he keeps seeing Ryan for what he is, which is somebody from the outside who is going to ruin the thing that he has going for him. And he very effectively gets rid of him a couple of times. But I don't know. That's just me. What do you think, Dan? I think that the only other real contender in this is Sandy. Sandy is a good contender. And yeah, he's, but it's like the belt really needs to go to, go to someone who has obstacles in their way and, <laughs> and is like really pushing against them. Yeah, there has to be some sort of like fight and whatever that means. What do you think, Herbs? I think Luke is a good pick. I think, and this is partly because he's not as deep of a character as we'll see, but like he is the one who feels like you know who this guy is immediately when he's on screen. And the rest of them, you're kind of like, you have ideas, but like they're going to take a few more episodes to really understand them. And like this guy is like, he's here. You know what he is. And he's here. You're queer. Get used to it. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's here. Also, you're like, queer. Suck it. <laughs> it goes hand in hand with like, you know, the welcome to the OC page. I mean, like that is like one of the lasting iconic moments of this show. Like ask anyone mm-hmm. now, like not people they like us who have seen this so line. many times, but like people, that's what you remember it for. Yeah. Let's go with Luke. Sandy. Sandy's a good option, but I just think you're right. I think Luke for as as not of a major role as he plays, he plays a pretty big part in the major conflicts of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and he repre- he just represents a lot. Yes, yeah. he represents the kind of attitude that people have there and represents kind of what we're hoping Ryan will change. Ding, ding, ding. Luke gets the belt. Luke gets the belt. Inaugural. Every week we also do a quote of the episode. Yeah, we pick a, the quote that, uh, well, that's self-explanatory. Yeah. Quote yeah. of the episode. It, it Norm- encapsulates the episode. Yeah, normally I'm assuming this is going to be a little more contentious. This week... <laughs> We Suck have a winner. Queer. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we do it in order. I remember County. though. I remember though. Like, like there are a couple of fucking great lines. Who the are you? Side. Whoever, whoever you want me to be. Yes. Like that's so 
good. Yeah. But but that that line is really good. But you have to. It doesn't stand alone as text. A quote. You no. Know? Yeah. It, I mean, you need you need to be there at the end of that driveway and, asking and like, for a cigarette. Like you were saying, welcome to the dark side. Perfect. Yeah. Because it gets used twice. It's so good. Don't not as game. good. Not as good as welcome to the OC bitch. Oh, I thought you were gonna say she's got Tahiti written all over. <laughs> I'm going to make him hot and cold. Quick honorable mention quote. Yeah, quick honorable mention for did I hear you were from Canada? Yes. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> and another quick mention to later, which is said by a dr- still drunk. That's Seth a lot. Helen. The performance makes that. Oh, it's so good. But yeah, you know, it's absolutely welcome to the OC, bitch. Again, most weeks this will be a more contentious topic, but damn it. What a good line. So good. Hey, congratulations again to uh, Luke. You don't deserve a title card, but you deserve the belt week one. Um, <laughs> cherish it for now, because there'll be a long stretch of you not getting shit. <laughs> yeah, your status on this podcast is like your status right now. You're, You're on, on top, top of the now. world. <laughs> you will not stand. Better watch way. your back. All right, I could use some facts. So yeah, at the end of each time we talk about the OC, we get really parched we have a thirst for mm. some sort of broader context for factual evidence facts about what's been going on what's happening outside of this tv show when this tv show Be- came out because for a show that so relies on cultural context i think it's important right you're like yeah. literally the whole show keeps referencing bits in like 2003 2003 like somebody who's watching it now for the first time who maybe wasn't as old in 2003 is going to be like what the fuck are they talking about what's and, a sidekick don't Everyone knows what a sidekick is. They, they don't, but yeah. <laughs> uh, even, even in less direct ways, sort of, I mean, 2003, like, big things, like, the Iraq War is sure. a thing that is constantly, you know, it's a has, has an Enron. update. It's a yeah. part of the era that this show came in. Um, and regardless of how intentional it was, those things are part of the fiber of the show. So, And it's also just, like, this show is important, and it needs to be compared and dissected in relation to other important things. Of its time, right. 100%. Yes. <laughs> the good news is we have a fact master. We do. It, it, it it's is convenient. My middle name is actually just the fact. It is. She had it legally changed. She also had her first name legally changed to Curbs. <laughs> Guess what her first name is. You'll never know. Lay it down. Lay it down. All right. So this episode first aired on August 5th, 2003. So they started it much earlier than In you would summer, expect. Yeah. yeah. It was marketed definitely as a nighttime soap which had kind of gone away at that point. That was really big in the 80s, like Dallas and Dynasty and all of that good stuff. And so it was kind of a kind of a throwback, but also like a new thing. As we mentioned, that was the, the summer after the Iraq War had started and in theory ended. <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> oh, no, no, it ended. Yeah. It was done. It was done. The other two shows that premiered that year that I wanted to mention were Arrested Development, which yes. premiered in November. Which is basically the same show. Like a lampooning <laughs> of this show, yeah. And then NCIS premiered that September. <laughs> no way. That show is That show running. hasn't that been on forever. <laughs> oh my God. This was the first. I thought that like the first, ago. the first television ever created. They turned it on. That show was already playing. That's great. Um, and then I looked up the top ten shows of this season. So this was the 2003-2004 season. I'm so excited for this. Um, number one was CSI. Okay. Number two was the American Idol Tuesday Night Show. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the performance show. Sure. Number three was American Idol Wednesday Night. The results. <laughs> that is the order that it should go. <laughs> um, number four was Friends. It was the final season of Friends. Wow. Oh wow. Number five was The Apprentice. We'll skip that. Oh. Uh, number six was ER. <laughs> Trigger warning. Yeah. yeah really. 
Number seven was Survivor. Number eight was CSI Miami. Number nine was Monday Night Football, which apparently counts as a TV show. And number 10 was Everybody Loves Raymond. Because everybody does. Everybody loves football. Raymond. Hey, uh... That is a perfect context for this show. Yeah. Like, I, reading that list, I was like, I need there to be a teen drama. And I need there to be yeah. a groundbreaking teen drama to fill the shoes of Dawson's Creek, which was canceled the year. Like, like it, it ended, ended in it May. It was like, it was about, there was a two-hour like, <laughs> yeah. period with no show like that. All of the networks got their think, heads together and were like, we need something. I think Buffy and Dawson both, end, both yeah. ended in May and, that Yeah, year. May of 2003. And, and, then, and then, so, yeah. yeah they, they the teen s- drama vacuum. Yeah, they, they just chopped up the car <laughs> stitched together the OC. Well, they had to do it. They, well, stocks were going to plummet. The yeah. things were going to burn. The world was going to end. If How there was teens no teens know what to buy? Yeah. That's true. Um, and so the OC aired on Wednesday nights at 9, 8 central on Fox. And it was up against, um, on ABC, it was The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, and Extreme Makeover in various mm-hmm. iterations. Um, CBS had King of Queens and then other various sitcoms. <laughs> Oof. Uh, the WB had Angel okay. at that time, and NBC that, had... That seems like actually some good competition. I, I do I do remember actually having to make a hard decision whether I was going to watch Angel <laughs> or, 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 yeah. or, or the OC that night. Or the OC. The other... The OC one. Um, and then NBC had The West Wing. Oh. So this would have been like third season, third or fourth season of West Wing? I do remember this because my mom would always watch The West Wing on the upstairs TV, which was nice. And then Mark got the tiny little Magnavox TV in the basement and was watching The O.C. That was I. W- my, I made my parents record it on VHS for me because I like would work on Wednesday nights. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I need this. Hey, Curbs, is that it? I think so. Thank you so okay. much for Thanks, the context. Curbs. We needed it. Oh, the one thing I didn't mention. This is like sort of facts and sort of. I watched the commentary for this episode. Um, <laughs> and the creators were like, our inspiration. You, you, yeah, for you could have show. just heard the three of us going, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> the inspiration for the creators was Freaks and Geeks and My So Called Life, and the network was like, no, thank you. We'd like 90210. And so they're like, well, we're just going to mash these two together. And that's how we got the OC. And then they got Angel. That's pretty good. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and then a vampire came out of it. Yeah. That's very good. Uh, Curbs, thank you so much for them facts. I love the facts. Hey, if you're still listening to this podcast, good for you. Congratulations, you did it. But also, like, you know, we hope that you have gained a better appreciation for this episode. And that's what this show is about, is it's about gaining a better appreciation for the OC. Again, if you don't love the OC yet, we promise you, stick with it. You will love this show. And again, if you don't love it after this pilot, I don't know what to say, man. It's such a good pilot. But also, if you're like, but wait, this pilot didn't really explain what's going to happen next. There's literally two more episodes that could both be considered a part of the pilot, and there's eight more parties, so keep with us. And there's 27 episodes in the first season. 27 episodes in the first season. That is three seasons of a cable drama. Well, there's literally a season one cliffhanger after episode seven, but we will get there. Stick with us. We, we love it, and there's there's so much to talk about each episode. So much happens, and there's a lot that, without discussing with you guys, you can't really fully appreciate it. 100%. So. Hey, I'm Mark, and I love the OC. I'm Curbs, and I love the OC. I'm Maya, uh, suck it queer. <laughs> I'm Dan, and I love the OC. And we hope that you love the OC, too. I pretend that you're